This podcast is a production of Journey, a church community inspiring people to live big. For more information, please visit cincyjourney.org. Thank you, Daniel. Good morning. My name is Joe Merrick. I'm the lead pastor here at Journey, and we are thrilled that you are here on this Easter morning. It is so exciting to be able to say to you, Christ is risen, and that you are here to celebrate that today. Uh, Just a quick couple of things as we get started this morning. If you reach into the seat back in front of you, uh, there is what we call a connect card. We uh, have a desire to get one of these from every family here today. Uh, You can write your name on it if you're new. Uh, If you put your address, we'd love to just send you a special thank you, a small thank you in the mail this week. Uh, We know it's not easy to come to a new place and we just want to recognize that. Uh, and say thank you to you for being here. And uh, even if you've been around many times before, uh, on the back there are uh, things you can write, prayer requests you can tell us about, decisions that you've made, other things that you want us to know about as a church uh, uh, that you can put on that card. And so we want to encourage you to take a moment today and to fill that out. Uh, The offering bags will come by at the end of our time together. You can drop that uh, card in the offering bags as they go by at the end together. Um, with that, let me just pray for us as we get started. Lord, we come before you with excitement on this Easter Sunday, on this day that hope gets brought into the world in the most unexpected of ways. We've sung of that excitement, of that joy, of that faith today. God, we sang of your endless love. Your endless love for every single one of you that drove you to the cross to lay down your life. Love that brought you back three days later. And that's what we celebrate here today. Sung of hope. The hope that that started that first Easter morning when the tomb was rolled away and the disciples and Mary began to understand that you conquered death. God, we, we call on that hope now, that living hope that's still here, still alive, still even in this room now. In your name we pray, amen. Well, Easter is this wonderful time of year. Uh, It's this time of year where the seasons are changing. Uh, We got some flowers starting to come into bloom. Uh, The weather, like uh, Woody alluded to earlier, is hopefully getting warmer, or at least we're hoping not too much snow, or that it's at least gone for another year soon. Um... And it's kind of like a fitting picture, a fitting image as we begin to turn our attention to the story of Easter. Jesus' resurrection is a story of change. It's a story of surprise. We're going to start in John chapter 20 today as we look at this story of Surprise and change this 
Easter story. Verses 1 through 7 is where we're going to start this morning. John chapter 20. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. And so she came running back to Simon Peter and to the other disciple, the one Jesus loved, and said, they have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know where they have put him. And so Peter and the other disciple, they started for the tomb. Both were running, but the other disciple outran Peter, and he reached the tomb first. And he bent over, and he looked in at the strips of linen lying there, But he did not go in. Then Simon Peter, who was behind him, arrived and went into the tomb. He saw the strips of linen lying there, as well as the burial cloth that had been around Jesus' head. The cloth was folded up by itself, separate from the linen. On that first Easter morning, a handful of people, a handful of people experienced a profound surprise, a profound surprise. Three days before, Jesus had been arrested. He had been convicted. He had been sentenced to to death, and not just a simple death, but to this grotesque death, nailed to a cross, this brutal death. And he was crucified. Most of his followers that had been so close to him for so long, they have turned from him, they have gone into hiding, they don't know what to do, they're afraid for their own lives. But on that first Easter morning, while it's still dark when the sun is just coming out, Mary Magdalene, one of Jesus' followers, a friend of Jesus, She goes to the tomb. She goes to this place where he had been buried, this uh, this, uh, tomb, this, this cave in a garden. A little further down in the Gospel of John, we're told that Mary was weeping. She's weeping outside the tomb after Peter and the other disciple leave. Standing in front of the cave, she's crying, and then she bends down. She peers into the cave, and she sees two figures, two figures dressed in white, angels. One where Jesus' head had been, one where Jesus' feet had been. And they looked at her, and they said, woman... Why are you crying? And she responds in just a natural way. She says, they've taken my Lord. He's gone. I don't know where they've taken him. She straightened up and she turns. She sees a third person. The third person, and at first she assumes it's the gardener. She has no uh, kind of story in her mind. She has no expectation that Jesus is going to come be returned to her. So she doesn't recognize him. 
I'm not sure how long Mary cried outside the tomb. But what's really interesting is to think about that moment. To think about that moment, that that literal first second that her eyes came onto Jesus. She realized that he was no longer dead. She realized in that instant how uh, her world changed, how uh, the world around her changed, how the world for the disciples changed, how the whole world changed in that moment. Mary. Mary's the first person that gets uh, recorded as seeing Jesus Just a few moments before, she's in agony. The, the death of Jesus, this, this friend, this mentor, this teacher, this person that she had followed and modeled her life on, who, who she had all these hopes and dreams for, the changes he would bring, all that seems gone. And a second later, a moment later, She sees him again standing before her, risen from the dead, and the joy and the happiness she must have experienced in that moment is almost unimaginable for us. Here's the thing. As people meet Jesus today, that same unimaginable joy, that same happiness is available to us. We can experience those same feelings. C.S. Lewis, the famous author of the Chronicles of Narnia and a number of other books, he, he kind of fits this category. He, he talks about himself as the most reluctant convert to Christianity. He says he comes kicking and screaming to the faith. He's this great skeptic. He's on this journey trying to disprove these things, and and he begins to wonder. He begins to wonder, well, what if? What if it is true? And as he describes kind of this change that happens, this long change that takes him from skeptic to believer, what he describes being surprised by is the joy The joy that Jesus brings his life. So much so that years later when he's writing an autobiography, he names it Surprised by Joy. Surprised by Joy. And yet for the first disciples, and even for us today, we don't just find joy when we come to Jesus. We find courage. Find courage when we come to Jesus, when we have an encounter with him. Overwhelmed by her joy, Mary, she's hugging Jesus after she first sees him. This is verses 17 and 18 from chapter 20 in John. Jesus says, don't hold on to me, for I have not yet returned to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them, I'm returning to my Father and to your Father, to my God and your God. 
And Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news, I have seen the Lord. I've seen him. She told them that he had said these things to her. She takes off. She tells the disciples all that Jesus had told her uh, to say to them. She says, I've seen the Lord, but they don't believe. They know that people don't just rise from the dead. A little bit later, Jesus himself comes to these disciples. He comes to these disciples, and in John chapter 20, verse 19, he says, Peace be with you. And then he shows him, uh, shows them the nail hand or the nail holes in his hands and in his feet, and they believe. Here's one of the great mysteries, and even one of the great proofs of Jesus' power in his resurrection. As Woody described last week, we have this incredible amount of detail on this week in Jesus' life. There's so much written about this week in history. We have it uh, in so many different sources. So many different sources that um, some people might doubt Jesus' divinity, but virtually no one uh, doubts that he was a historical figure, that he walked the earth. Here's some of the things that we we know about Jesus from the Bible, from other places in, in this time period that were written down. You know, Jesus was a great teacher. We know that he had many followers uh, while he was teaching, going around. We know that he was crucified. We see that in, in the Bible and outside the Bible. We know that his disciples went into hiding after he was crucified. We know something else. That same group of scared disciples that were hiding for their lives. And those three days later, something miraculous happens. Those three days later, when when Jesus finally comes to them and shows them and they believe, those people overnight, they go from hiding and scared, afraid from the lives to some of the bravest people in history. They find courage that wasn't there before. They tell people about Jesus despite the risk to themselves. They don't do it with hushed lips. They do it with boldness. They don't do it in secret. They do it in open, in the open. They don't do it with whispers. They do it with pride. They told people that Jesus died on a cross That he was the one, and he was the only one that could make a way for them to have new life, bring real forgiveness to their hearts, to their lives, make them able to have a connection with God that lasted not just in this world, but in the next. That he was the true king. Dangerous messages in their day. Every one of those, but John, who died in exile was killed for proclaiming these very things. These men 
when they encountered the risen Lord, they found courage. They found courage that wasn't there before. It didn't come from themselves, it came from God. People who experience Jesus, people who experience the risen Lord, not only experience joy and forgiveness, they don't only, only experience courage, they experience a vision for a better world. To, for an example of this, I want to fast forward to, to talk about the effect Christianity began to have on the ancient world. If you live in the first century after Jesus, it was common uh, if you had, a, it was a brutal place, and if you had a, a child that was just, you didn't have money for, you didn't have resources for, it was a common practice before Jesus and after to, to take the child outside the city limits and you just left it there. And that's hard for us to kind of imagine, but it, it, we've seen it in different uh, places written about. And what would happen is the child might die, the child uh, might get uh, brought up by a slave trader and then turned into a prophet, the, the child might be uh, taken in by a brothel owner and then used for prostitution. But then, in the years after that first Easter, something new began to happen, something that didn't happen before. Christians began to go outside the city limits and they began to pick up those babies and take them home and raise them as their own. Raise them as their own for no other reason than that Jesus loved them and they wanted to see that love extend to somebody else. They had a vision for a different world. A vision that didn't exist before they came and encountered a risen Lord. And now that they had encountered him, they couldn't take to see the cruelty that was happening. Christians were known for their care for the poor. If you came to the door of a believer and you knocked on the door and you asked for something to eat, they shared a meal with you. Then get this. If they didn't have enough food, they invited you in and they all fasted until there was enough food. This was a a time period where we didn't have uh, closets full of uh, Cheerios and and, uh, soups. It was day-to-day existence. You hoped just to have enough money to go and buy some bread, maybe some fish for your family, and then try and make it another day. Believers... These people who had encountered Jesus, these people who had had faith kind of been swelled up inside them, the Holy Spirit move inside them, they became so concerned with the people who would come to their door that they would say, all right, we will all not eat until we have enough. They had a vision, a new vision for the world they lived in. New joy. New courage, a new vision for the world. Those are the ingredients 
that God uses to change your heart and my heart. Those are the ingredients God uses to change our world. Believers, disciples, followers of Jesus, they were changed. They came to believe not simply that Jesus was raised to life, not just that they were given new life in faith, but they were given a better way to see the world and the courage to change it. When I think about my story of faith, when I think about my story, it's a story of unexpected joy and change. I grew up in church. I knew about Easter and Jesus as fast as I knew about Dr. Seuss. But it wasn't until years later when I saw a friend have a real encounter with God and I saw his life change and I realized he had something that I didn't have and I wanted to see that much of God in me. It's when the light bulb went off that faith was about more than going to church and being nice to people. It was about having my heart changed, about seeing lives changed around me, hearts of friends and loved ones, neighbors, enemies changed. I saw my friend, when I saw his life change, he didn't say anything to me, I just recognized it. And that desire in me was stirred. To want a life and a heart and a faith that was like that. I found joy. Joy in my life that was missing before. I found drive and courage. Drive and courage that didn't exist before found drive and courage to live out my faith that I didn't previously have. Began to look at the world. Not just for, well, what can I get out of this? How can I use this situation to my advantage? I began to wonder, I wonder what God wants here in this moment, at this time. I wonder how God might want to use me in this place. And it changed how I saw the people around me. It changed how I saw my friends, my family. It changed how I engaged with people. Joy, courage, new vision. A new vision for how the world could be. Those are the gifts of Easter. The gifts Jesus gives us to live life anew with him rather than against him. My prayer for, for you, for me, is that when you look into your heart, when you look into your life, that you see those gifts at work. My prayer is that you find gratefulness and joy that extends beyond your circumstances. 
I pray you find courage and drive to change. To change, to see your heart, your life change more and more into who God is calling you to be. I pray you find a new way to see those around you. To see the world with new eyes of grace and justice and love today. All of that, all of that in forgiveness of sins, connection with God is available to us because of what Jesus did and what we celebrate today that three days later he was raised from the dead, conquered death. 1 John 1, 9 summarizes all of this. It says, if we confess our sins, he, he is faithful and just. He is faithful and just to forgive them and purify us from all unrighteousness. This morning, this morning we're going to have a time of prayer I'm going to invite Daniel to come up. He's going to he's going to prepare to lead us in a last song. But we're going to have a time of prayer and confession. And then we're going to close our time together remembering Jesus and his sacrifice for us in the way he taught us to remember communion. Let me pray for us. God, as we come before you today, we are humbled and thankful for what you did. For what you did on that cross, God, and we are humbled and we're thankful and we worship you that the cross didn't contain you, that death didn't contain you, that you were risen again. And that in that way, You make a way for us who are sinful and broken to come to new life in you, to be born again in faith. God, we pray that today as we look into our hearts, We see those ingredients of Easter. God, we pray that as we look into our hearts today, that we have joy, joy and satisfaction, joy and happiness that goes beyond just the circumstances that we experience, God, that comes from knowing you, from seeing the resurrected Lord in our life and in those around us. God, we pray that when we look into our hearts today, we see courage. Because the life of faith, life in itself is hard and difficult, God. And there are things that we don't have the strength to do. There are things you are calling people in this room to right now. They don't have the strength 
in themselves to do it. But we celebrate the fact that we today praise the God who rose again, who left the tomb empty, who is far more powerful, far more loving than we could ever imagine, God. And so we call on you and we ask for your strength and your courage for all those things you're calling us to. The courage to have the desire to change our heart, our life. Courage maybe to see a loved one, a neighbor, someone else through a new lens. Courage, God, simply to take that next step of faith. The next step of faith you're calling us to. Maybe it's the first step of faith, God. Crossing that line saying, I'm, I'm broken, I've sinned, I've messed up life, God. I know I have. I can feel it deep in me, weighing me down. And God, I want to be freed from that. Just like we read in 1 John, we confess that to God. You're the one who's faithful. You're the one who's faithful to forgive. God, we pray that when we look into our hearts, we see with new eyes, we see the world around us the way that you see it. We see it not from our limited resources, not from our skewed view, God. We look at a neighbor, a coworker, and they're not hopeless, they're not the enemy, God. They are loved by you, and our job as followers of you is to extend that love. Help us to see that today. Finally, God, we just pray. This morning, if there are those here who have yet to cross that line of faith, God, that we confess that sin, confess that brokenness to you, and we trust that you are who you say you are, and you forgive us. You allow us to connect and bring life to you. You send us your Holy Spirit. wonderful and powerful name we pray. Amen.